Thank you. It's wonderful to be back. I really appreciated the opportunity to be here last time. It's really good to be back. So today I would like to bring a devotional on Genesis 22. And before I do that, I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for uh, all these saints who come to pray, to gather together using the tools of the internet. Lord, thank you for the privilege that I have to take part in this. I pray that as I bring devotion, the devotional, um, help me to uh, have the the right words to say that that are accurate and that are helpful and help uh, me to do it in a spirit of humility. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, as I said, I'm going to be bringing a devotional from Genesis 22. Genesis 22 uh, is part of the story of Abraham. If you were to go to the New Testament, perhaps there is no one who is put up as a model of faith like Abraham. He's seen as a man of faith in Romans 4, Galatians 3, Hebrews 11, and James 2. However, if you read his story in the book of Genesis, we get a much more conflicted picture of a man. Abraham is often unbelieving. We see this um, twice with his wife, Sarah, calling her his sister so that um, he will not be killed by the rulers of the land. We also see it with Hagar as he sleeps with his servant rather than trust the Lord to provide the seed through the promised means. So as we come to Genesis 22, we're coming towards the end of Abraham's life. In Genesis 21, Isaac, the promised seed, through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed, has just been born. And in the beginning of Genesis 22, Abraham's faith is going to be tested yet again. It seems from this point in the book of Genesis that the stage is set for Abraham to once again waver in his faith and doubt the Lord's promise. This is the, how the chapter begins. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee. So to Abraham, he must be wondering what God is thinking, what God is doing. God has just provided Isaac, the son of his old age, and now he's, offering, he's asking him to offer him as a sacrifice. But in verse 3, we become surprised by Abraham's response. Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. So something has happened. Something is different about Abraham. This time, rather than doubting God's promise, he immediately obeys the Lord and follows him, even though the situation doesn't make sense. In fact, he tells the servants, we will return to you. Even though he's going with the full intention of sacrificing his son in obedience to the Lord's command, he has confidence that God will fulfill his promise to save his seed, Isaac. Hebrews 11 17 through 19 give us a picture of what might have been going through Abraham's head at this time. 
By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So the obvious question is, where does this suddenly unshakable faith come from? What has happened to change Abraham from a doubting man who consistently puts his selfish needs above trusting the Lord to this man who is willing to sacrifice his only son when he has no idea what God is doing? We can, I think we can clearly suspect that as Abraham, through, through the years of his life, has seen God's faithfulness in the midst of his own unfaithfulness, finally, God's faithfulness has seeped down into Abraham's heart. Through all those times of seeing God be faithful to him in the midst of his doubt, Abraham has finally gotten it. God is faithful. God always makes a way. Abraham has seen this over and over in God's provision. And finally, in his old age, Abraham finally fully trusts the Lord. Verse 7 and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. There is no wavering pictured in this passage. Abraham is going to do it. He's going to kill his son. He's going to kill the promised seed. It seems all is lost for Abraham. But at just the right moment, God intervenes. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from him. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So just as God has always been, once again, God proves himself faithful, providing a substitute for Isaac at just the right moment. But how do we come to have faith like Abraham? It is easy for us, I know it's easy for me, when life gets confusing and I don't understand what God is doing, to waver and to trust my own wisdom and to take matters into my own hands. Rather than trusting the Lord to be faithful and simply walking in obedience to him, Oftentimes, I go the human way, the way that makes sense from my perspective. So how do we come to have faith like Abraham? Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, 
and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they arose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Verse 14 says, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen, or it could be translated, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. We can have faith in God's faithfulness because he provided for us just like he did for Abraham. Certainly we can look back at our lives and see God's faithfulness, but there's a greater place to see God's faithfulness. After this, Abraham and Isaac would walk down the mountain, return to their family. And the seed of Abraham and Isaac would continue for generations and generations until one day Jesus is born, the faithful seed who brings peace, life, prosperity to Israel and all his people. Everything is lining up. Everything makes sense. The deliverer has come, the one to bring peace to Israel and to fulfill God's promise. The disciples followed Jesus with joy, expecting the Roman government to be overthrown and finally everything to be set in order. Everything makes sense until it doesn't. Jesus is taken by the Roman soldiers, led up the hill to Calvary and put on the cross. The disciples flee in their confusion and their fear. Jesus this time walks up the mountain alone. But surely God will provide a substitute for Jesus like he did for Isaac. Certainly, God will save his son. But this time, there is no substitute because the substitute is on the cross. This time, the father sacrifices his only son. Because just like Abraham and Isaac and the disciples, you and I need a sacrifice to pay for our sins. But the disciples don't know this. To them, their world is falling apart. To them, nothing makes sense. But it is in this moment where it seems like everything falls apart that God is actually bringing everything together. Because it's in the moments where nothing makes sense that God is often doing what seems to us as his best work, where he is making us into the image of Christ through trials. But like Abraham said, God was able to raise him from the dead. Jesus would be sacrificed, but three days later, God raised him from the dead, showing once and for all his faithfulness to us, his faithfulness to his son. Jesus gathers his disciples and commissions them to go out. And like Abraham, they are suddenly infused with unshakable faith because they have seen and come to believe in the faithfulness of God. And that faith that they shared has been passed down from generation to generation until it has finally come to us. And now we can be faithful to God in the midst of uncertainty and confusion because we know, we know that he is always faithful to us. And when in life seems uncertain and confusing, we can look back to the cross and we can look back to the substitute of Jesus because if God was faithful to provide a sacrifice for our sins, certainly he will be faithful to provide for every single need we have. And if God in his wisdom could orchestrate the story of the gospel, certainly he can work out our lives for our good and for his glory. So 
when our lives seem to fall apart and not make sense, we must look back to the gospel and let God's faithfulness, wisdom, and infinite love empower our faithfulness in those confusing times.